0: Generally, I've been quite impressed with the people that I, have, I am speaking to in the textile sector. I think that it's been a, a, a sector that has been constantly knocked back, and I hope that in some way, you know, they they do get something out of this terrible crisis because um, in the in the PPE, all of the PPE could have been arranged in the, in the UK.
1: you're listening to the make it british podcast i'm kate hills and i'm on a one woman mission to save uk manufacturing i invite you to join me each week when i'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best british made brands and uk manufacturers and offering you advice and tips for making in the uk so let's crack on with the show Hello and welcome to episode 118 of the Make It British podcast. So we are now six weeks into lockdown and I'm continuing on the PPE theme still this week. It feels like I've spent the last six weeks or maybe more concentrating on PPE, getting it made in the UK, finding out who's making PPE and also who is making face masks and face coverings as they are called. when they're not the technical PPE. So on today's episode, I'm interviewing David Williams, who's the MD of Stole GB and the Knit Design Centre in Leicester. He has been a regular at our Make It British live event. You'll often see him if you've been to the event with one of his knitting machines live at the show, whirring away, knitting up something fabulous. And he's also spoken on one of the panels at our event before. David has supplied knit machines to the UK knitwear industry for a very long time. And also recently, he set up the Knit Design Centre to help designers sample and get their first prototypes made of um, knitwear using his machines up in his centre in Leicester, which is a fantastic idea. And if you are thinking of launching a knitwear brand or you are making knitwear in the UK, Do get in touch with David and I'll put the details of how to contact him in the show notes for this podcast, which you'll be able to find at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash 118. But on today's episode, I've got him on specifically because he has also been knitting face coverings on his machines. He's working with a local knitwear factory, they've put in some special machines specifically to be able to knit masks thousands of masks so I thought it'd be really good time to get him on the show and I've been meaning to get him on the podcast for quite a while now anyway because he provides such a fantastic service to the knitwear industry in the UK so here we go over to David to tell us all about the wonderful work that he does up in Leicester. David, thank you very much for joining me today on the Make It British podcast. Oh,
0: thanks very much, Kate. Thanks for having me.
1: So I wanted to get you on the show because you're doing a very worthwhile thing at the moment. You've been very quick to react with the demand for masks that are needed. So we're going to get onto that topic a little bit later. But before we do... Do you want to tell everyone what your main business is and how you ended up in that business?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, well, I am actually the agent um, for Stoll Knitting Machines. I've been around uh, knitting machinery business for over 20 years. And um, I took over uh, stoles activities in the UK or a German brand of you know high end knitting machinery some 12 years ago. And as the um the trade sort of shrunk we had to find a a new arm or a new way of making you know profits and keeping our uh, you know skilled technicians in 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 a job so to speak so we developed uh, a design studio which gave uh, designers brands companies access to come and use the latest equipment you know in lieu hopefully of buying it but well but we developed a big range of, of samples that people can work from and we work on one-to-one basis with technicians and uh, designers alike, live in our studio, creating technical projects and um, fashion projects. So, you know, that's where we are today.
1: Brilliant. So with the knitting machine business then, how many knitwear factories in the UK, would, how many do you think there are and how many do you supply I I imagine you supply all of them pretty much don't you I mean in some way you know probably
0: in my history I can say that I've honestly managed decline pretty well but there are you know there's probably still over 100 to 150 companies stroke small micro businesses that are still involved in in knitting and when I talk about knitting I talk about flat knitting you know based on on on
1: sweaters Brilliant. So, do you think there's more people? When you say you mentioned sort of micro factories, there, are you seeing more people buying the machines and and just having maybe one machine as a kind of small studio?
0: Yeah, and that's probably how we see the market uh, continuing and developing. I think with the um, the advent of much changes in the in the fashion world, and nobody, you know not everybody wants to be buying from the main chain stores nothing to take nothing away from those but the small designers have realized that if they have their own machines they can be makers sellers and um people have you know quite a few companies now have started off you know with one machine they're making whatever product they can do from there they're doing their own marketing their own sampling and their and their own produ- and their own production in a micro micro factory sort of way and that's basically what we teach them while they work with us
1: yeah it's definitely something that i've been saying for a while that the whole sort of micro factory thing and i think that will happen more now now that we've had you know with the coronavirus and people getting used to working at home you'll see more i think you'll see we'll see more sort of factory production becoming more like a cottage industry yeah do you think so do you think some of the bigger factories will end up sort of moving them doing a bit of a harris tweed style model where they'll move the knitting machines to people's houses rather than putting them all in one space yeah well
0: i probably don't see that happening but i do you know i've been speaking with my customers over quite a number of years about small diversification being able to work with these smaller brands now the price points for the garments are much higher than they're receiving from the high street but the front to end part of the project is a lot more detailed, and you have to put a lot more effort in. But basically, they'll, hopefully, they can start to produce less garments, better, better quality, and for more money. And
1: yeah, because that's always been the problem, hasn't it? It was minimum order quantities on knitwear because of the time it takes to set up the machines. Yeah. So, so your knit design center helps alleviate that to some extent, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, we would create. would work one-to-one with the designer or the brand and then uh, for all intents and purposes create a full working tech pack with a knitting program to go with it and they could then go on to the factory and say look i want 100 pieces of this i've already developed the sample and here's the program we would guide them to our customers and we we are seeing that the factories are adapting because with the only business currently being online business these online orders even though they are big companies they are not huge runs yeah so because even if the garment is a good seller the online businesses work on visual on screen and this needs to be refreshed constantly so yeah. you know the the, the 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 companies that are out there are able now to absorb these orders for 300 pieces where before it would have been a, 2000 piece minimum you know so yeah. i think it's just a case of you know having a connect having the designer stroke brand having a connection with the factory and then working in a partnership and that takes some building and unfortunately over the last 15 years the industry has become punch drunk and a little <laughs> a little uh, suspicious of of each other and we need to hopefully the crisis that we've found ourselves in will bring, you know, people a little bit more open-minded.
1: Yeah, I really hope it does actually. Um, I think it, I think it will do. People seem to be working together a lot more. So I, you know, I hope it does. Um, Backtracking a little bit to your, to what you were saying about sampling, how much experience does this mean that if someone is working for one of these big chain stores, or even if they're setting up their own brand, and they found themselves coming into the knitwear business with no knitwear technical experience. Does that mean that they would be able to work with you with no experience whatsoever in knitwear previously? Yeah,
0: it's a little more difficult because the early hours are spent basically scoping out the project and drawing out of the designer what they want from knitwear, but often we you know, we work from people who work props in digital print and then want to do a knitwear piece and so on. So we have the abilities to, to work from a very base level, um, but we are very open and honest about, you know, the, 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 ta- the time it will take. You know, we, we're, we're well past false promises. Everything is possible, given a good understanding between both
1: parties. So how long does it take then for, to kind of realise from a design to a finished sample? What's the sort of lead time? I on mean,
0: that? I suppose it's the adage how long's a piece of string. If it is something that we are very au fait with, we could perhaps have a garment, you know, a front back, a, a sleeve and a trim within within hours. But if it's something very oh, difficult wow. or you know. A lot of time, you know, based on pattern placement, on difficult knit knit structures, this could go on to, you know, two, three days. But what, what we do find is that because people are generally with us live, unfortunately not at the moment, of course, they are learning. They're also drawing their own learning experience from it in both what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes mistakes that they make, they actually like, and it takes the design Uh, concept into a different direction
1: yeah and that could never happen if you were doing that development out in China well it it could if you went on a kind of big expensive trip to the factories in the far east or somewhere like that but you know being able to you're in Leicester aren't you so that's pretty central for anyone in the UK to get to
0: yes I mean that that, that's when I started the design center it was based on an idea that uh, Stoll had running in New York in the garment district and um, they were very close to people like Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, Max Mara. And and that those sort of companies were using the, their design centre for quick samples, for photo shoots, for ideas. And then obviously they were placing the, the production wherever. But when I started in the UK and I started to contact the likes of Top Sharp or Next or so on saying, look, you can sample in my studio with your own designers using the colours you want to use, using the yarns you want to use and, you know, basically come up with a product rather than wait for 10 lots of DHL coming back from the Far
1: East. Yeah, exactly. So where do the most of the yarns come from then?
0: Generally what we're using in the studio now, we are seeing a lot of sort of heritage products. So we're mm-hmm. using, you know, people like Laxton's, um, you know, um, Todd and Duncan high-end UK, UK spinners, uh, Hinchcliffe yarns as well, a lot of Italian yarns as well, because still a lot of the designers have a, a love affair with Italian yarns. <laughs> and then the, the more base yarns are coming from um, uh, Turkey, mainly mainly mm. Turkey, that's the, the more man-made fibres, with it being acrylic and...
1: That's well, good to hear that they're working with more of the UK spinners. So it's going Laxtons that you mentioned doing in Yorkshire, aren't they? And Hinchliffe yeah. are also in Yorkshire. Todd and Duncan, cashmere spinners in Scotland. Scotland. Yes. Yeah, yeah, brilliant.
0: Yeah. So I mean, there is a. I think what we are we are seeing is a a demand to make a whole story, you know, from yeah. you know right the way back to to made in to made in England using England Eng- English products and. So, and they are Everybody is quite mindful of that. You know, it's, it's their USP, you know.
1: So when you are talking about your machines, I mean, I, I used a knitting machine uh, when I was at college because I did knitwear as part of my fashion degree. And it was the kind of little kind of double bed thing where you had the hand that you handle that you push backwards and forwards for people that are listening to this so that they can then understand how you're now producing um. What you're going to talk about in a minute? Um, do you want to explain how sort of technical these machines are, and how they're programmed, and how they now work? In a nutshell, for the lay for the layperson who isn't techie, how they're different to those little kind of domestic machines that I used to use in the '80s.
0: Well, for one, you don't have to use your arm to move them. <laughs> yeah. They are they are fully mo- fully motorised. They are um, fully computerised. They have individual needles needle selection multiple systems which means you can knit multiple courses in one travis of of the machine even in the same travis you can have uh, different things going on you can knit miss uh, and, and tuck obviously we can knit pieces to shape using software grading software and and yeah. and then we can also knit complete garments that come off the machine 99% finished.
1: So that means that alleviates having to have someone who is joining the pieces together. It comes off the machine pretty much finished, so it, there's less labour involved. It's more machine. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, this this is not particularly a new technology. It's probably been around since the late 90s. Um, I think the issue is that... Um, on this particular technology whether it be my brand or or the main competition brand mm-hmm. um, you have to design on the machine for the machine so this means that you have to work to the strength of the machines within bound within boundaries you cannot you know knit a full intarsia jacquard with stripes and so on so you, there, there is room for this technology alongside the standard the standard technology
1: Ah, so that's why I've been to someone like John Smedley, and they have a variety of different types of machines. You need a different machine to to knit a certain type of knitwear. Yeah, we're,
0: we're, yeah, with it within reason, you know, the seamless technology, the knit and wear technology, as we call it, has has its place. But I think I don't, you know, currently I don't think it will replace the standard machinery because of the the, the limit the limitations i mean obviously everybody's everybody's work, working on it and if if your client is accepting of what you can produce using this seamless technology then i think um you know it is it is definitely a, a way forward and especially if you are working on your own brand then you can use this technology and say i have a seamless product but you are controlling the design process
1: and so then the skill is in the programming of the design, isn't it? Correct, yeah. 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 So your machines, I've seen things you've shown me where they do things like knit the uppers for shoes. So New Balance have used knitted uppers for shoes, haven't they? Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about how that, work, how that process works? Well,
0: I suppose back in 2012 when just before uh, the London Olympics... There was the big release by both Adidas and Nike um, of the knitted shoe-upper, which has um, been a tremendous boost for, for knitting machine sales and opened their, their eyes, opened people's eyes to what is possible on, on flat knitting machines. They have um, developed a, a three-dimensional um, shoe-upper that um, has probably an, you know a knitting time of probably... Fifteen minutes a pair, twenty minutes a pair, that actually alleviates. Um, I believe that in a shoe operation, there is around thirty operations to make a a, a knitted knitted shoe. Uh, uh, sorry, a standard shoe, and yeah. they can reduce this by using a a knitted upper to about eight or nine operations. So, they, and equally, both all of the whether it be New Balance, Nike, or Adidas they all um, made it fashionable as well. So they they saved time, they made a good, cool product, and their marketing of it was was excellent.
1: But, I mean, my daughter's got some of those ones with the knitted uppers, and they're more comfortable as well, she always says, because they stretch better with your feet and they mould to fit the shape of your foot, don't they? Whereas the ones with the traditional stitched, all the stitched pieces together take longer to mold to the shape of your foot.
0: Yeah, uh, they, they've definitely worked on it. You know, it's not it's not been something that, you know, any of the machine manufacturers have, have managed to do in in 10 minutes, but the technology and the the the, the there has been a it, it proves a good collaboration between machine builder, brand, yarn supplier. And it's just a pity that the rest of the fashion world could not work in the in the yeah. same way.
1: so knitted masks then some i've been mentioning this to some people and they think well how does how does that work but of course once you know that you can knit the uppers for shoes the mask is a is a natural progression isn't it tell me more about how this has come about yeah
0: well um we had basically um in germany had released some collections before because there'd always been a lot of talk in the asian uh markets about face masks where the wearing of face mask is pretty is pretty normal um as a mark of respect that if you've got a cold or you know you 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 would you know wear a mask and so on so we had the basis of programs already and mr hartman at uh, stole fashion and technology had created um a face mask in a sort of origami style as a fashion as a fashion piece. So, we we when yeah, the obviously the the COVID crisis started, we did have a template to work from, and um, it is you're correct based on uh, a three dimensional sort of shape that um, is used in in shoe man- is in, used in shoe manufacturing.
1: So, where, what sort of yarn does it use for these knitted masks? Then,
0: well, I've seen it in 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 lots of um, different yarns. I mean, generally, um, at the moment, everybody is obviously scrambling for uh, claims on these masks, which are, you know, extremely difficult to to prove in such a short space of time. So, we have gone from probably the second week of lockdown to uh, creating a product, designing it, homing it for production, and then actually with a knitting partner, get getting it into um, produ- getting it into production. There has been people using viscoses, polyesters. Uh, there are technical yarns that are available that that have antibacterial claims. These are normally um, metal-based yarns, um, either with silver or zinc or or something along that vein and that's what we've designed our yarn because uh, sorry our mask we, we had knowledge of uh, a, a spinner in in europe and we'd work with them on a different project so we developed ours with a, a polyester outside with a silver based yarn inside so a double layer construction and um really on sort of vein of design of a knitted shoe
1: right okay so so to kind of to explain to these to, to people i mean i will put a picture in the show notes of what your mask looks like what, what they look like but it molds around your face doesn't it much in the same way as maybe kind of shape wear or something like that or you know these new kind of fancy leggings that people wear to the gym yeah
0: i know that people can't see it on a podcast but i'm just showing you the actual uh shape the shape of it yeah so what we are we make the mask in a similar technique as we would uh, probably make a 3D knitted upper sh- a shoe upper. We're, we are using um, what we call partial knitting to create a shape a shape in the the actual fabric. Um, we inside we have a, we're using a double layered construction, so there is two layers of fabric, with the silver the silver based yarn being on the inside which is antimicrobial, antiseptic, odour neutralising, and it protects against bacteria and allergens and germs.
1: So this is to stop the, really it's for the, to protect anyone coming into contact with the wearer if they've got, you know, any yeah. virus or anything. So it, I suppose it should be made clear to kind of distinguish it. It's actually more of a face covering, isn't it? Which is what, you know, the general public are wearing rather than any sort of technical surgical mask
0: yeah exactly for at the, at the moment and over the last two weeks you could imagine that you know we've had lots of conversations yeah um it is basically for public protection and to protect each other from from each other
1: yeah so moment, i suppose it's as something else it stops people from touching their faces um and you've got all this antibacterial coating in it how long does that last for can you wash it
0: yeah it's fully fully machine washable um i mean we've we've had them in washing machines constantly um as there is some slight there is some slight elastic we get probably about five percent uh, shrinkage in the uh, in the elastic parts but it certainly washes very well and is reusable and um they are you know quite comfortable to wear we've made some changes around the we noticed that a lot of the masks were very uncomfortable around the ears, mm. so we actually knitted wider parts to go around the back of the ears, and um, it fits quite snugly on the face. You, you, we've done various tests of sort of moisture through it, that basic tests that we've, lear- we, we've learned, and um, you can speak, and it's, you, you, it's you're still very clear to speak with it on.
1: And I suppose you don't need the wire around the nose either, because it's knitted to mould around round your face, and it naturally moulds to your face.
0: Yeah, it, it's knitted to, to shape around around your face. Obviously, we, we can't um, make one to fit everybody. You know, every particular face. But what we, the, we've probably made probably forty or fifty different types before we settled on one, and we gave it to people with larger faces, smaller faces, and and it's basically a product. To market very very fast, you know, when the demand has been there.
1: So, what sort of interest have you had for them? Who who would be buying these face coverings?
0: Well, we 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 have been working with lots of uh, companies initially, starting with our own networks of people who we know who, are, who have businesses, and then we've been um, approached by fashion brands, and we are now incorporating. A little more design into the masks rather than just block colors. So,
1: oh, cool. So, you could have fair aisle, you could have your logo on them.
0: Yeah, we, we only have so many we, we, to not distort the, the shape of the mask. We only have so many areas yeah. we can work with. But we, of course, like yeah. some of the trainers, we can have random yarns running in and uh, for, for sort of a fashion element. And then we, we, we're also. Uh, incorporated company logos and company names so uh employers can be seen to be protecting the the, the staff from each other and um you know with uh the, with their company names on the masks
1: so is that mostly where you see them going now people are they're starting to say you know factories should start opening up and building sites and Though i mean i could see you know people on building sites that would be a really good for them to use those wouldn't it rather than using the the surgical masks
0: yeah i mean obviously that nobody wants to take away the ppe from from the front line
1: exactly yeah
0: and um Mm. if people are want to feel confident you know have their own confidence then this is a this is a good way through i mean if If we would have had some prior um, knowledge, then the testing would have been done. We we already have things in test with special coatings that are antiviral, but unfortunately, the antiviral treatments are not yet tested against COVID-19 so
1: is that the same across the board because there's a lot of people making claims on snoods with antiviral coatings and all and all sorts of
0: yeah I, I, I've obviously things. read read most things that have been written and um, not one person can give you a an antiviral treatment for a face covering that I, I believe to, that is fights against COVID-19
1: yeah because there's just all it's just so new and do you think this um you know the the demand for these face coverings will continue you've set up you know lots of machines with a manufacturing partner to start making these so you've invested in it invested in it quite a lot you obviously believe it's going to be for the reasonably long term how long do you think that might be
0: varies from conversation conversation to conversation (laughs) and uh you know confidence does i mean we we were fortunate that um with uh, Mars Knitwear, who who are a very good manufacturer, they had, mm. you know, the the foresight to go with it, um, and you know they have really taken over all of the manufacturing. What I can say to people who are considering doing something like this is that the avenues that it leads you, leads you down are new roads, and yeah. they um, you you get to meet. And speak to people that normally you wouldn't have spoken to. And certainly what when I was speaking with Mars Knitware have also, you know, invested in equipment for this project, they are very confident that going forward that they will go down new roads because of this.
1: Great. So I mean it means that UK manufacturers have more than just fashion to sort of you know in their in their remit of different of you know sectors that they can supply, which I mean, think the more that they can diversify, that the less risk their business is at, isn't it? Which is yeah, that depends. On, great. That depends
0: on you, Kate, and your uh, how loud your trumpet is.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when I certainly, I mean, you know, I've been pushing this with the government for yeah. for the last eight weeks now. You know that I think it's really good that manufacturers who were just concentrating on fashion related manufacturing have now you know made some of the ppe or the ppe type products or the face coverings so they have got another string to their bone it has allowed them to bring their workers back a little bit sooner because you know so many of them have had orders cancelled i don't know who your knitwear factory that that's making these who were they supplying before what sorts of businesses
0: they they were in the higher end sector Yeah, right yeah they're in they're in the higher they were working with the. Uh, a brand called Country of Origin. I don't know whether you
1: know. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So, but they're they're quite they're they're quite forward thinking. But generally, I've been quite impressed with the people that I have. I am speaking to in the textile sector. I think that it's been a a, a sector that has been constantly knocked back, and I hope that in some way, you know, they they do get something out out. Of this terrible crisis because yeah um in the in the PPE all of the PPE could have been arranged in the the UK
1: yeah tell me about it I mean that's what I've been I've been focusing on PPE pretty much for the last few weeks on this podcast and that's something that I've said quite a lot is you know we've unfortunately we've dug our own graves a little bit with this because all the contracts went overseas for so long that we've had to build it back up, but you know, all credit to UK manufacturers and people like yourselves who've who've turned things around really quickly and basically restarted supply chains again, because we had no manufacturing of anything like this no. beforehand. Did we not protective equipment?
0: You hear stories that uh, an import from Turkey of around four hundred thousand pieces have not met UK standards. Well, if we're setting the standards in the UK, why don't we make it in the UK?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully we will going forward. I mean, that is yeah. certainly my plan. So, how many of these are you? How many of these um, face coverings can you produce a week?
0: Well, as I say, it's all about. It's, it's now not me. It's Mars Knitwear, and yeah. um they are uh they have capacity for around eight thousand pieces a week.
1: Brilliant. So. With I suppose they can go longer if I mean that. How does it work with the factory? And keeping the social distancing?
0: Well, fortunately, um, to run this group of machines, the product is, and that's, that's down to, to the factory, they have honed the programme very well. It, there is not much into, um, it's simply a draw thread that pulls out and separates these um, the, the masks, then the mask is complete, it's then finished, and then pressed and, and packed so what what would normally be a factory of very closely packed people now is a factory of very spread out people mm. uh, creating creating this product so from even before uh boris johnson's uh address last night we had or al- the factory had already addressed the the issue of the social distancing and the workflow in the factory very quickly. I think you'll find that that textile manufacturers are very quick at yeah at moving things and changing direction. So I think that the textile industry will be very well placed to uh to get back going quickly and I hope that, that they're all supported well.
1: Brilliant. What a great note to end on David. Yeah. Thank you very much for talking to me today. Um, Where can people find both the Knit Design Centre and your masks if they want to? So you can
0: find us at the Knit Design Centre at www.stollgb.com. And you can then find out about face coverings at www.marsknitwear.com. And that's Mars as in the planet
1: brilliant fantastic thank you david take care and i'll speak to you soon after yourself Bye Bye. thank you for listening to this episode of the make it british podcast i make an episode every tuesday plus there's bonus episodes occasionally so make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast app and if you're looking to find british made brands or uk manufacturers Check out the directory on the Make It British website at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash directory. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.